Welcome to Moving With Life. This is episode number 22. I am Andy Acosta. My friend Brian Luevanos will be joining me today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for lending us your ears. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So episode number 22, we take somewhat of a different direction. I felt in order to bring value to you, the listener, we needed to adapt just a little bit. So I scoured the internet, I scoured YouTube, and ended up still uh, falling upon some questions that were given by Tim Ferriss that he's asked throughout various interviews and even asked himself at some point. So we dive into those questions. You'll get to hear about our long-term goals, short-term goals. Maybe now you can start thinking about your own long-term and short-term goals. You'll get to get some insight on our experience so so far as 25-year-old millennials. You know, I've worked retail and music. Brian's worked banking, finance. You know, he's moving into entrepreneurship as the days go by. So you'll be able to get some more insight on us and you'll be able to then get some questions that maybe you can answer for yourself and see what direction you want to head into. So without further ado, here is Moving With Life. What are you saying about this weekend? I'm excited. I'm excited for it. See some cool people in a very cool place. Lucky. Yeah, <laughs> no. man. Well, I, mean, I, I say lucky, but I, I just. Yeah, someone else told. Oh, that coworker, she's like, lucky. I was like, well, I mean, it's, it's been you, planned. You it's can, not luck. And you can go. Like, you know, yeah, like, you can go <laughs> whenever. Like anybody can go. I yeah, mean, yeah, as long as yeah. save, save the money. Uh, it's so funny. I just say lucky just because. I guess more of like, it's awesome that you're going. That's a better word. You know, it's interesting enough, you know, using terminology in slang fashion and everything's getting more slang. So then if you think about the original definition, then you might sound, well, no, it might. Okay. Would it be PC to use the exact definition or slang? Hmm. I don't know, man. That just occurred to me right now because I prefer – I okay, now, especially now after, like, just reading and, like, using certain definitions so that I don't get confused with people. Like, I, I make sure to ask them, like, okay, what do you mean in case, I, you know, in case it's a word that in – in this case, you know, what we're talking about um, where it's like, okay, lucky. You know, is that is – that, like, could someone really mean or really mean that, you know, like, it's cool that you're going, like, you know, or – and I'm pretty – I would say there's probably a case where it's like, no, they re- they really think you're the luckiest person in the world, which is fine, I guess. That's but fine. It, but like in mind, when I think about, it, I'm like, wait, I just said lucky. I'm like, why did I say lucky? And it's like, well, that's not the proper that's not the proper word, you know? No, I think, I think that's just like the, the connotative meaning, or not meaning, but that's just the way we use it, and you know, we know it's not what and you maybe mean, but. Right. For some reason, it's just socially Habit- acceptable. And yeah. habitual, too. It's like, oh, you're so lucky. You hear somebody else say, oh, you're so lucky. It's yeah. like, it kind of reminds me of like a couple times that me and you have like been texting or whatever. And I'll say precisely. And then you think like something similar. And all you can, all you think, all you think to respond back is yeah. precisely. Exactly. <laughs> it may be one of those. It's, it's not, it's not for sure not a Freudian slip, but it's something like in the same like 
angle where you yeah. say something that because it's already been filtered in your seat. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're very uh, prematurely influenced, I guess you could say. Oh, dude, I finally got uh, alpha brain. Alpha brain. Oh, dude, it's been it's been like a month because I just haven't bought it. Yeah, I haven't. I've been off of it for a while too. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't allocated the funds to get another set of of alpha brain. And I today I was like I, I was doing all my budgeting as best as I could. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go buy some alpha brain today. <laughs> and also because I will have to say that it affects my thinking process the most when we're podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like, it may not sound like it on the final version. And even through my first listen of the edits, like it's, it's, it sounds better than when we're actually in the room. Like, so there's some, like last week, I feel like last week I stumbled too much, I thought. Mm-hmm. Again, and again, when I listen back on Tuesday... I was like, this isn't terrible. I mean, it's not bad, you know, whatever. Yeah. And and even combining, like, it actually didn't take a lot. Like, there wasn't, while there was space, so, in some spaces, in some pieces, there wasn't any, like, big glitches in, like, the content. Like, it still, like, I feel like flowed really well. Right. Which is interesting. Um, and I know how, I, wise, I remember how lately I've been telling you, like, I'm trying to find, like, just, I want to say a, a better formula for the podcast as far as content because sometimes and more lately because even i mean eddie's not here today it's only me and you and this is the second week in a row because you know eddie's busy he's going on about his stuff so we're we don't always have quote unquote the content to have just a full-blown like joe rogan style conversation right so i've literally been like listening to like one new piece of information every day like one piece like I think I did some Tony Robbins last week, which had it, had this recording bid last week, it would have been Tony Robbins. This week it's changing. Um, I did mention some stuff by Tony Robbins. But anyways, so I did some Tony Robbins, um, which led me to Jim Rohn, which I don't know if you've heard of Jim Rohn. J- Jim and then Rohn is R-O-H-N, which is pretty much Tony Robbins' mentor. So we're like, this is a comparison that I gave you, like, you know, where I, I'm taking a lot of tools from Tony Robbins and some different people. Well, to- Jim Rohn's one of the guys that Tony Robbins took from, and if you listen to Jim Rohn talk about, Im- or talk about certain things, mm-hmm. total sense. And it's cool because even now I've already found some like various nuances that Tony's kind of made his own. Like, I guess an example I could give was Jim Rohn talked talked about in this certain piece I, that I this was listening to. He talks about creating goals, right? Okay. And writing them down, planning. Planning was the main thing, and it was interesting how. Just before this particular video, I then listened to Tony Robbins talk about RPM, which I mentioned RPM, which it stands for Rapid Planning Method, right? And one of the main things that Tony focuses on on his method is bringing emotion into it. Now, Jim Rohn talks about emotion, but he doesn't exaggerate it the way Tony Robbins does. He only says you need to make a plan. You need to have, you know, you need to have your ducks, basically, basically ducks in line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, here, here's, here's one quote that I, that I did write down. I wrote, I, actually, I wrote this down this morning. So setting goals is plain hard work. That's why a lot of people just let it slide. It's work. Many people work hard on their job, but they don't work hard on their future. They just let that slide. And the work included is making plans. I know most people don't. I understand that, but don't let that be you. So his thing is like having that, 
making a visual picture in essence, you know, writing down. And it makes sense to me because I know whenever I do write down, and I, again, I, I know we've, at least we've said it, and I say it still now, is being inconsistently consistent or consistently inconsistent. And it's been a while since I've thought Story about that term. Of my life. Right. And that's exactly how I feel too. And it's still true to this day. And like, it's, it's interesting now because people are starting to say, hey man, like they think, well, in, in essence, they think I have my shit together. Right. <laughs> and like, maybe I do, but I'm, I still find things that n- that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when, you know, he, when Jim Rohn talks about this, you know, where some people let it slide and they don't, you know, especially now I'm seeing some people like transition through jobs, you know, they're changing jobs, whether it's, um, an upgrade or just like maybe parallel, but just a different job because they don't, they're not liking their job right now. So they're going right. to a new job. And it's like, and especially for the one, for the people that are making more money and I'm scared to ask them what they're saving that extra money for. Cause right now the answer is nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's my assumption, but I can assume I'm like 90% right. <laughs> you know, that, cause it, it's like, it's like, Oh, I have more money. Okay. Now what are you, what are you going to do with it? And, yeah. and it, it's not an e- and like it's it's hard work just to, just to plan, you know. And of course, like Tony Robbins takes it to another level. Tim Ferriss takes it to another level. Which we're gonna get to Tim Ferriss, which is why um, these questions are up. People can't see them, but we'll we'll get into these questions that I have posted up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, um, it seems like if this works out with a screen and stuff, hopefully start taking actual vi- like video through the, and then it's gonna be a whole different element that I'll talk about later. I don't wanna get too distracted. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyways. So, from Jim Rohn to, Tim, to Tony Robbins, you know, where the physicality of writing down goals is Jim Rohn's priority, physical, and then Tim, Tony Robbins in, or incorporates the emotional part, which makes sense because you have a soul and then you have your physical being. So, to me, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, moving forward. Let's just move forward. So, inconsistently consistent and trying to find the right movement of this podcast because at some point one thing that i did come to a conclusion was that because we're 25 i feel like for the podcast we've already talked about all that we can talk about to where now we need to start or at least on the podcast start exploring new things and and the way i'm look the way i started it starting this week is writing down finding something that i'm interested in and either developing my own questions from it or uh literally finding questions that are out on the internet that other people can find that maybe you haven't thought about i haven't thought about and if they're relevant now and i'm interested to see what answers we get from me and you because mm-hmm. for one it'll give people a little insight on our way of thinking right. and then in a year in two years we get to look back and listen to see this it's changed yeah and see how it's changed and there's actually some some uh stuff in here that i also incorporate change so now um i listened to of course that the tony robbins video i talked about which is rpm then jim Rohn, uh talking about planning and the title of it is why to keep your goals a secret and it's interesting because nowhere in like the 12 minutes of this video of jim Rohn did he say oh you should keep your secrets because he just gives you a load of information and then you go about. So I, I, I'm curious as to why I was titled that, but that's what the title was. You know what's interesting? You bringing up the, you know, you're planning your goals. And I don't remember if I watched this. I don't think so. But uh, recently I saw on Tim Ferriss's, yeah, Tim Ferriss's Instagram feed, he posted a TED Talk about why it's important to define your fears 
versus your gold. And I, I don't think I've watched it, but I can, I think I can determine that it's important to define your fears because fears are, you know, what hold you back the most. So it's important to know what those are and how to, like, overcome them, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll probably go back and watch it. Absolutely. But, uh, I thought it was just interesting that I had seen that earlier today and then you bringing up goals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's – he just – I think he, he I think he just posted about that too, right? Like, on his social media and stuff? I don't know. The I, TED I Talk only saw that on Instagram earlier okay. when I was Wait, was it like today? Through. I saw it today. Okay, then, yeah. Then it is, we're thinking about the same piece because he's posted it on, on all social media. And uh, I, so I saw it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have yet to watch it also because I'm scared of how long it might be. <laughs> you know, like, and usually TED Talks aren't that long, like 30 minutes, 15 to, t- yeah. 15 to 30 minutes. Depending. Like Jocko's was like 15. It was like quick oh, really? and sweet. Yeah, it was super quick and sweet. It was not long at all. That I can remember. It wasn't long at all. Because I remember watching it in one sitting and half of it's stuff I already know. I I know, you know, I, that I'm trying to help. And I feel like you're just, you just know Jocko. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, right, right. Honestly, like, it's like, man, I know that w- the day I get to meet him, I'm going to shake his hand like, you know, we're buddies because I'm, I'm going to, and I'm gonna, I'll probably tell him too, like, dude, whenever this, whenever this leaves, which I'm hoping for next year, 2018, I'm like, dude, I've been listening to you, listening to you for two years now. So it's like, yeah, I do feel like I know you, you know, like, you know, yeah. I've, I use these tools for myself and it works, you know, it works. And ultimately it starts with yourself. The extreme ownership, the title, extreme ownership, start with yourself and build up, build yeah. out. Um, so let's, let's get into some questions. I'm, I'm curious because I hope that some questions pop out the way they popped out to me. I hope mm-hmm. they pop out to you. So one thing that Jim Rohn talks about is how your planning should involve economics, things you want, and that includes everything, big and small. He says he used to um, write down things, houses, cars, bigger things that he wanted. And he says, ne- like, I, uh, in the time of this interview uh, slash speech, he says he wrote down everything. And one, one reason is that that lets you have a checklist to mark off. And the way I thought about it was it's like having likes on Facebook or social media. So the more likes you get, the more check marks you get, that uh, you get stuff accomplished, yeah. then you naturally get – maybe you should naturally get some dopamine you know, a little yeah, dopamine hit because you, you're check, check, check. Right, now, right. I've already made, I've started making my list since Saturday and I have some X's because obviously Saturday, I, I didn't get back home till Sunday morning. So, you know, like, like my weekend was totally twisted, but for the better, like, I don't, I mean, the stuff that I was able, now to, let, let me continue this. So he says, when you don't check stuff off though, there should be real consequences. Right. My consequences that I didn't, I can't gain back that time. Right? right. So that's my ultimate consequence that I'm trying to make solidified. Now, if I ever feel like I can like waive that, then I need to, I need, I need to find a consequence for now. Time is working. Right. So anyways, um, so anyways, he talked about things big and small, all things, materialistic things, anything, because then he goes into personal development mm-hmm. and what goals you want for yourself. And those include like skills for work, skills for relationships, skills, for, the stuff we, I think we have touched on periodically in this, on this podcast. So he mentioned those three macro things that you need to do. And he says the most important one's economic because that does include um, your it's profit, income, and production. Like how, how productive are you in the sense of, I would say, a monetary production. You know, wh- how, like what are you doing? Are you where you want to be? I guess that, right. that would be the ultimate thing, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that he asked, he's like, what are my, for the long term, long range, he calls them the long range uh, goals. He says, what are my dreams for three years, five years, seven years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, the re- for the rest of your life? That should be one of the questions you want to answer. And, and, and put everything. If you want a Maserati, write down you want a Maserati, right? And let that be a long-term goal because 
depending on your financial situation, that's how long it's going to take you anyways. Right. Where you are and where you need to be. Right. So my question is, have your dreams changed since graduating college? And then adding on to that, which is another, this is a Jim Rohn question. What do you want to see? What, what's a physical place you want to see? What do you want to see from yourself? What do you want to see in the future? And what do you want to see from your family or for your family? So before you answer, the reason why I asked since graduating college is because that's all we've accomplished up until now because we're in our transition right now. Yeah. At least that's my opinion of, you know, what you want to do with your career, your book career. Right now we're in the beginnings. You know, we're nowhere near the brink of anything yet. I, mm-hmm. That's my opinion. No, yeah. And so that, that was my question that I developed. You know, have your, if you can think right now, um, have your dreams changed since graduating college? Have they moved in any way? And if you could, if you could give like maybe a specific example that you can think of, you know, maybe quickly. They definitely have, as far as when I when right before graduating and shortly after graduation, I just wanted to work for like a big like accounting firm, um, or just yeah like a big accounting firm or or. Or like a big, just a a, a, a well known company that <clears throat> that would um, help me just grow, you know, and and that I could learn a lot of finance, accounting, industry stuff. And then I don't know if it was a lot more recently, or you know, or I don't I don't remember if it was closer to now or closer to graduation, but it's definitely changed. I'm thinking more like entrepreneurial. You know, I, I want to have my own business or businesses and, you know, kind of create my own things. I, Ever since I was little, I've, I've liked to, you know, build things with my hands, build things myself. And that's kind of what I, what I want to do now instead of working for, like, a bigger company or big four, or, you know, Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Like, now I want to do something myself, you know. So it, that's, like, the, the most noticeable dream that has changed. I like that. For me, I know that at least for the previous 10 years, my dream was just to play music, right? And now that I've been playing music for five years live, um, I know I'm definitely transitioning where music is. And I, oh, I've said this. I, I'm hopefully you know people will have marked it where um, I've said where you know music is my career because I'm I'm letting it be because I, I like it. You know, it's not gonna take. Nothing's gonna take priority career-wise, but I am now venturing into other things. Where even five years ago, all I thought I was gonna do for the rest of my life was music. music. You know, like because you hear about like even today they just released an article on Merle Haggard, and it's quote unquote the last song he ever recorded. It's called Kern something blues, like Kern music blues or something like that. Either way, it's K E R N something and then blues. I'm pretty sure you can find it on you. It's on YouTube now. And you know he. The count is that he recorded like, or at least wrote like 4,000 songs in his lifetime and recorded over a thousand. Like, like he's one of, like, and he's, and it's interesting because it makes sense because he's one of the guys that you'll find a tablature of records. You know, you just find a, just a, a mass amount of records and, and cause that's all he wanted to do. Right. And he did that till the day he died. You know, he, he died his, on his 80th birthday or something. Anyways, he died on his birth date and you know, he, saying until we till we went you know and at some point i thought that was me and now that i'm 
thinking the way I do as far as leadership. And I told you and Eddie, you, Eddie was here when we, when I told you guys about that moment in uh, junior year when I said, you know, uh, or thinking back to my junior year where I was the worst leader ever and how I've kind of gotten back to that way right. of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so with that being, with that in mind that I thought about a year later, you know, extreme ownership. And then now interacting at nine round, not interacting more with us too as individuals, with my family, uh, with the guys in the band, um, that like just, just helping everybody understand each other. And then for those who want to lead a system, like in your case, you know, full on entrepreneur, full on entrepreneur where, where eventually you'll have employees, you know, helping all those little things, helping all the little details. And, uh, I have to say that was probably, that's probably been the biggest change for me is not knowing now where, where exactly I'm going, where before it's like music, bus, tour bus, tour for the rest of my life. If I get married, my wife's going to have to deal with it. Oh, well. Right. And like definitely transition. And I remember my dad saying, um, he's like, wait till you get a family, blah, blah, blah. And like, I understood that, but because I was raised with my dad in and out because of because of his job, it's like, well, just do the same, like, it was a normal thing, you know. It's it's normal for me. I grew yeah. up like that. Now, and I all, but I did also preach, and I will say preach because I do think that uh, you know, the that should should be around, right? At least more. So I knew that I wasn't go through that transition. I just didn't think it was gonna be like a career addition as opposed to maybe playing music more locally and then having a family or some something along the lines with where music is just the world, right? Music, yeah. Revol- everything revol- you didn't revol- think it would lead you or it would involve a career change. Right. Yes. Yeah, essentially yeah, a career change to where I'm going to have, I would say multiple careers, you know, and of course, Ty Lopez, all these guys talk about, you know, having multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. And even a year ago, a year ago to almost to the day, I remember talking with, uh, my buddy, Matt from man, the herdsman, uh, and we we're talking about streams of income. It was just simp- like that. And by that time, that seed of uh, multiple streams had already been in line. Now, all I had was that answer. I didn't know how. Yeah. And like a year later, you know, coming to today, and now that I'm talking with people from Nine Round, and now we're doing more individual stuff. Like now I have a client that she only goes in, or she doesn't only go in when I'm there, but whenever I'm there, which is about, and I get to see her about three times a week, I only have her lifting. Now, we're kickboxing, circuit training, all this stuff. We do a lot of interaction like that. But for her, whenever she sees me, it is more like a personal training. And I'm on the clock, so I'm not veering. I'm just giving her extra. I'm giving her different stuff to do. Right. And that's one example. Yesterday, Sunday, uh, I had a workout in the morning. I was, I was beat. I was dead. <laughs> I was beat to hell, dude. I was like, had like an hour and a half of sleep. Anyways, so then I, I went to the gym and I, I we got there and we were, I started more of a conversation because I, ne- I needed just to get my blood flowing because I just had very little, <laughs> you know, I had very little energy. Right. So I started, we started going over goals and things that, that they wanted because I started using RPM, rapid planning method, you know, results, purpose, mapping, right? So I did that and I really wish I would have found this method, you know, three weeks ago so I could have just started from the get-go and get them on a, a better path, you know. But now we have three weeks, so that's the that's the deal. Yeah. Either way, by the time I was done talking, we then worked out. I you know I had them do some really basic movements, and both of them, both the clients that I worked with yesterday, they both say that 
with the stuff I make them do on Sundays and Saturdays, that they get more sore than when they're in doing the actual circuit. Mm. And my answer to them and what I'm saying online on here is that because I focus on the small, uh, I focus on the small body, uh, the small muscles in your body. Right. When the you're, ones you don't usually right use. exactly, and because when, when you're lifting weights. You're gonna. You have to start with your primary muscles. Let's say you're doing curls and you're using your biceps. Well, until your mus- until your biceps are developed, then you're not gonna feel anything in other in any other part of your arm, forearms or anything or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Once your biceps get developed, then you you will start feeling other things, and you start feeling like a weird like roundness feeling on your bicep because you start feeling that cut. Where is it? That's where the cut's starting, mm-hmm. right? That's where all those little grains of muscle are, are starting to develop. So my thing is push-ups. And so that was that. So anyways, so continuing. Um, so we went through the talk, went through the workout. After, I then told them to watch RPM, that hour and a half, that hour, it's like an hour and 49 minutes. And I told them, don't get overwhelmed. Don't watch it all at once. I'm like, I did that, but it was a mistake because I had to watch it again. Because the first time, I just went into it not knowing what it was about. I know what it's about, and this is what I recommend, the way you should watch it because – the stuff given on there is very helpful. And it's stuff that I, I actually planned to do yesterday, but it just didn't work out right, obviously. I, I just, honestly, time. Time is my consequence mm-hmm. right now. So at the end, when they were getting ready to leave, they're like, man, you should go, to, you should go to back to school for, for nutrition or like dietitian, dietary stuff, and you should become a life coach. That's what they said. And I said, the life coach thing, it seems like we're in progress of that. The going back to school thing, no. And now I have a better answer. If I go back to school now, that's still two years that I have to dedicate to the school and my my grades, where I'm already doing personal development on my own. Those that's any extra time I have, you know, right? Whatever extra time I have, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If I go back to school, I won't be at nine round as much. I'm like, I won't see you guys. I'm like, think about when you guys were in school. And one of the one of the clients is about our age and the other one's older but they both they both been to college right mm-hmm. i'm like so think about if you go back for your master's what are you gonna have to give up to get your master's now you're not gonna give, like one of them has a family one of them doesn't so like you're gonna have to not give up your family but maybe you have to give up working out for as much as you are working out like you know as much as you're used to you then have to cut that short because you have to go to go to school you have to go study you have to get tests you have to write papers especially mm-hmm. for ma- especially master's because you're putting a lot more context in theory right you're doing a lot more papers, a lot more hands-on stuff, which that's actually what I like about it. But I'm not right now. I'm not willing to give that. But at least now I have an answer, mm-hmm. because in five years I would like my resume to have a list of things I've done, and not. And for me, it's not that school's a bad thing, but I don't want only that I've gone back to school. I just feel like at least that's the way I see it. That's that's the way I feel about going back to school right now. And I had, it just took me it just took me a couple weeks to have an answer. To have, I feel like a solid answer. Where before I was like. I was thinking about money. Well, money's not a factor, you know. And then I was thinking about um, me learning, like, individual, like, personal development. Because that's what I was doing, you know, even a few months ago, just that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to give out information where people are, like, taking stuff away from it, you know. And uh, anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, just that, just school, not, not. I can't give time to school. I don't. I don't want to give time right, to school. Right, right. You know, it just ultimately is like the life coaching. I mean, if I learn enough stuff that I see that people don't know about that I that I know about now, then yeah, that it, it it's and I I wouldn't at the at least for now 
I wouldn't even call it life coaching because I have two jobs that I like. I like being at Nine Round and I like playing music. And then now the podcast and moving with life and andywalkerleads.com, which is coming. It's a website that I'm developing. Um, with all that stuff going on in my personal life along with the vlog, also the vlog, mm -hmm. that's like, well, if I can just connect with the people here, you know, one by one. Because another answer to that is if I do it one by one, then I get to give them individual attention. And even last week when I said, you know, get talk to me now. Like, if you guys are listening on online, like, I just feel like right now I can give you some very good individual time. Whereas later on, you know, oh, so, I mean, I'm booked. I'm scheduled. I'm scheduled right. for something, a yeah. meeting or something. So that, I guess that's just stuff that I'm not taking lightly, which then has also led to now the po these questions that we're trying to answer you know, that, that I've come up that not come up with, but I've, I've either gotten or then created, you know, sub questions and whatnot. So dreaming people should write down their dreams. That's what Jim Rohn says. That's what Tony Robbins says. That's what I'm saying. Cause also one of the clients yesterday, she's like, she's like, she said, must be nice to be able to do whatever you want. I said, that's the luxury of having multiple part-time jobs in essence. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cause for now, while music is my full-time job, it gives me, it gives me full-time pay at a part-time rate gives you that flexibility exactly flexibility of time right now and tim ferris says this on this where i derive these questions from uh, that i have written up that we'll get to but we're at you know 20 post college and whenever you finish college and this is if you finish college in 20 like if you go later then the hustle is just different it's not that it's harder or any or any like you know the obstacles are generally the same but it's just that you have to hustle quicker in between times so anyways so basically, when you finish college until you're maybe just past 30, 35, you know, leading to 40, Tim Ferriss says you have to make the most of your time because the money, because he, he doesn't even bring up experience. I'm trying to think of how he exactly says it. He says... When you're between, you know, post-college to maybe 35 leading to your 40s, you have the luxury of time. So you need to use all your time to make monetary goals, to make, um, you know, like go back to the dreaming and stuff, right? You have time to start developing a business or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's what Tim Ferriss says. Because then as long as you're doing that now and you're utilizing your time, as long as you're utilizing your time between, let's say, 22 and 35, that gives you, what, 13, 13 years to, like, hustle yeah. then when you're 35 to 40 then you transition to post 40 the money will more than likely be there and he doesn't say it exactly like that but that's the way i'm saying it because it only makes sense if you put in the time you put in the experience it can make sense it, it, you know it's gonna happen which yeah. is what i foresee you know like right now we're just hustling just trying to maneuver and do these things like one thing that that gary, gary v talks about i don't know if it's today's vlog or yesterday's but either way he, there's a clip that he posted on social media where he talks about pivoting because some people either pivot as a defense like they use a they use a pivot as an excuse mm -hmm. as to why they can't accomplish something and tim and tim first gary v talks about pivoting as an offense simply adapting to whatever is needed with the market or simply adapting, in our case right now, social media. Adapting and utilizing what we have to make the next best decision. Not saying, oh, I didn't reach my goal because of this change. So then retracting, hustling, using time to 
to maneuver to to accomplish things and then you know the money i say will follow mm -hmm. i think that's kind of how i've been like thinking about things lately you know getting the work done now and eventually it it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole like delayed gratification like if you put in the effort the work and effort now then you you will be compensated yeah and you know what's interesting as you, as you said that just now i remember distinctly like around the first month or two that i started playing with roy at hc and roy he's i mean he's, he's a good man and he, i remember specifically then he was he started giving me like a lot of like little pointers and one of the things was one of the things he brought up was like girls and success i was 19 20 years old at this time so yeah that that information made sense makes sense now about what i what he was giving me then but as soon as he told me that and and for me at the time it was more of success because i i didn't want to get a big head i wanted to just learn and grasp as much as i could and even right. that was that's true then it's still true now i'm just i'm doing my own pivot right so anyways i told him oh i'm not worried about success i know i'm gonna get what i want eventually with time and like i of course one i didn't know how much time i don't know how much time now you know how much time it's gonna take but I just distinctly remember, as you're, as you're talking right now, as far as, you know, if you put in the work, you'll get compensated. And I remember saying those, along those lines, what you just said, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Excuse me, damn. But, uh, so interesting that I, I remember that. See, that's, that's what Alpha Brain does. Alpha Brain just lets me, shh, gets, lets me retract it a little goes more. Goes into that just archive of memories. <laughs> just, just a little more. Just a little I mean, longer. That's true. I don't know if you ever heard that, that, like, the brain pretty much like stores every single like moment that you live and see the hard part is like going in and taking out that file yeah that's super interesting i have i you and probably from you i never finished anything probably from you but um as far as hearing that were it it works basically like a hard drive of a computer you know a standard desktop you know re keeps everything even if you erase it the hard drive has the file in there erased but it's there it's in a basically yeah. in a trash bin in the hard drive yeah exactly yeah. it's archived forever so then you end up running out of memory and then you need an external hard drive or get a new computer and that's a bunch of crap because i hate that that's just a little rant okay i'm done um yeah dude because i have like well i have this laptop i have a desktop an old desktop that i all i want to do is just rip the hard drive I, I, like rip the information not rip the hard drive but yeah. you know i want to rip the hard drive and just put it on an external hard drive i don't know how to do that because that computer is slow as hell so i don't know if there's any way to do that uh, that I need to get some with someone get with someone to get that done. Yeah. Either way, moving forward now, I got so Tim Ferriss has this other list of questions that he's come up with um, that helped him um, over the years, and then ultimately led to Tools of Titans, which is his latest book that he released that I own. I bought Brian his copy, um, and I will continue to gift along with Extreme Ownership and some other books that I truly believe in um but anyways this particular uh it's a it's actually a podcast episode I, I don't know if you released it at the beginning of the year or at the end of last year like it was it was within a month of each other right of like maybe the last two weeks of december or the first two weeks of january but he developed 17 questions and you can find it online um you can find it in the podcast there's multiple outlets that you can put on so out of the 17 i wrote down i think it was 11 I wrote on, uh, yeah, I think it was 11 or 12. I, I lost count. Anyways, 
Oh no, I, I, and then I added one. So let, let's say 12, 12-ish questions that I wrote down. And I'm only going to go through the questions that I found specific. Because like I said, there's 17. I only chose maybe 11 or 12. And then I wrote one on my own. Okay. Um, because some of the other ones involved, like w- one of the questions was, what if I let them, the employees or contractors, make decisions up to $100, $500, $1,000, etc.? You know, we can't answer that question for the simple fact that we don't have our own businesses, right? right? So we can't answer that. Now, there's maybe ways we can like pivot that question and entail coworkers, but I don't I don't I don't want to do that right now. Well, we did that we did something similar at the teller line when I was a teller okay. back in the day. Okay. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> how um, long how long was back in the day? Back in the day was like going on 3 years. So Simon Sinek says something similar to what you said mm-hmm. and Gary was like how long and then uh, Simon Sinek responds like like nine months ago. And he's like, "What?" <laughs> oh, it just feels like so much has happened and changed yeah. since then. Right, right. So Absolutely. at Continue. the tether line, line, what go. we would do is, uh, for like let's say, let's say a customer brought in cash or brought in or wanted to withdraw money from their account for a cashier's check, uh, the tellers had a certain limit that they could create the cashier's check for. The teller supervisor had another limit, and if it went beyond that limit, then your manager had to approve. So I thought it was it was pretty interesting, and I think it was it was a good thing I'll, that uh, we had those limits and, like, I guess those, like, um, approval authorities, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because it gave us some responsibility, even down to, like, the lowest, the earliest, like, stage of a teller. Okay. We all had that, like, authority. So it was a good thing. But at the same time, it's like as a teller, you already have so many other responsibilities. I was about to ask, how does that how did that make you feel? And then did you feel like was this your was this a part of your mindset? Like, oh, I'm given this trust. I feel better about that. Well, for me at the time, because that was like my first like real job. So it was it it was a little bit overwhelming with all of like the duties and the like the um, how do i say this to me it was just a very like you had to be very careful with everything because you're handling cash and you're dealing with people's uh, bank accounts like if there's anything that people get very like touchy about it's right. their money absolutely so right. absolutely right a wrong sense. a wrong keystroke or a wrong number delete <laughs> yeah like <laughs> it it could it could be very uh very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, for me, ha- being that my very like, you know, like a real the real job, and then to be that like, in that respon like that having that responsibility or those responsibilities, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was pretty overwhelming. But the whole authority for like the cashier's check, those those things that thing was very. It was just like another another responsibility. It didn't make me feel like it made me feel like I was, you know, being trusted with something. Okay. I was being trusted with people's accounts like all day. Right, right. Day yeah. in and day out. Yeah, eight to five. So four. it was just like another another responsibility, another duty. But I think coming out of that position, I did feel like, wow, like, you know, someone trusted me because my hiring process for that job was it was fairly simple and, and quick. Right. So I felt really good about it when uh, leaving. I guess they were trying to convince me to stay, or you know. Yeah, it, think about it. Think yeah, over, think it over. so. So it felt really good that, 
even even having those responsibilities and how how careful you have to be with it, how how detail oriented you have to be with those things, like they thought I did a good enough job to not want to let me leave. Right, let you go. Yeah, so it was uh, as far as that that specific authority that we started with, it was another responsibility really. At least that's how I thought about it. Right, at the time. Back in the day because it was it was so overwhelming and I had so many things that it was just one more thing. And right, yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder what Tim Ferriss would say to that now because, of course, we're younger then. And one thing he says, like, because well, his, his answer was to this was, like, after he did that, that left him so much, like, space. because he, Which makes sense for your manager. But then how does your employee feel? How do your contractors feel? And that, that's something maybe I'd ask Tim Ferriss now. It's like, I, I, I understand his from the top level looking down, but what about the bottom level looking up? And that's just something I'd ask as a middle manager. Yeah, I, know, think, that might, I think that's important. Like, for me, it wasn't too much. I say it was overwhelming, yeah. but it wasn't. Well, at the time, it probably felt overwhelming. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't unmanageable. Okay. So, especially because I wasn't doing all of these things at the same time. It was different responsibilities for different tasks, different transactions, but... It wasn't like I was doing all of these things at once. So, excuse me, in my head it was always like, okay, I'm taking care of this thing. This is what I have to do. Like, it was kind of compartmentalizing everything. Everything I did, I'd, I'd like reach in there and be, okay, these are the procedures. This is what I got to do. This is what I got to take care of. So, I think it does, it definitely does free up a lot of time to, the, you know, going up the chain of command. But I think it's important to, to note when you're giving too much, I guess, authority or too many responsibilities down to the bottom. Yeah. Because in the end, you don't want, like, one person or, or a specific uh, department, like a team, doing too much where they just kind of lose it. You lose control, and then that's where more liabilities end up. I was going to say, in, in addition to liabilities, maybe also, as long as there are no mistakes either, then that still gives top management clearance to say, okay, this is fine. We can keep giving them responsibilities. So as long as things keep, like, let's say as overwhelmed as you were, and let's just say you worked at a hundred percent, right? And you were never wrong. Let's assume that then while you feel overwhelmed, it's still like lets him or lets them, you know, kind of go about everything as normal. They now, like I said, me as a middle, because remember, I've, I've said this over and over, I feel comfortable with middle management. So mm -hmm. me hearing you, I know exactly what I would then work down, work up now, Yeah. you know, and because uh, well, this started when I worked when I was working retail, as far as my question developing of like, OK, the regional manager was there, which takes takes cover of like the whole South Bend from from Georgia down to Texas. Mm -hmm. So even even when going through the processes with him, I started asking questions because I started hearing my boss. I started hearing employees say certain things that I was like, okay, there's a pause here. Now, I didn't think about it so uh, technically like I do now, but, you know, something like that where I would – because I would see you in the hustle, right? I would see you day-to-day where then at the board meeting, at the next joint meeting, whatever type of meeting that I'm involved with with my higher-ups, I would say, hey – how can we adapt this? Can we, is there something we can do? Now, my ha the answer that I fucking hate is like, well, no, we don't have the money or we don't have something. Mm. Like, they don't have, like, we don't have the resources. I'm like, well, re what resources? I want to know specifically why we can't pivot 
something. I'm, I'm using these terms now. It's not something I'd use back then. But but still, me as a middle manager, I'm not saying the work should be piece of cake because you should have – I mean, you need to have responsibilities. You need, you need stuff to do because I need to have my stuff to do, right? But still, at the end of the day, every Friday, you know, I would venture to, hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm super busy. I feel super tied up. I feel overwhelmed. This is that. And I'm like, okay, I would take that into account now and, you know, work up because I was like, hey, guys – my guys, my team, my, the guys below me, they're working really hard. They're at 100% for the past X amount of months. Now, is there a way we can separate these delegations? Can we can we have like a team thing? You know, something like along those lines. Right. But uh, that, yeah, that that's what I was getting out of what you're saying. That's that's what I will say right now. As a middle manager, that's where I belong. Like even when I'm with Eddie, when I'm with nine round now. Gary V talks about being like the number four guy, number five guy, number ten, number eleven guy. Where I think he even says like the Facebook, like the person who's like number eleven makes more than like half like the CEOs like around like the U.S. You know, like it's like that's yeah. how much revenue they're streaming, they're bringing in. But anyways, you know, I see myself as that guy, or or at least maybe I say I see myself like that, but maybe I also try to put myself there. Where when I'm at nine round, there's a handful of employees, and I'm the last one my choice because mm-hmm. I do try to communicate with everybody no matter what even if it's how was your weekend I get to find out was it overwhelming was it stressful was it good was it was it a good weekend you know whatever when I'm with Eddie you know there's five of us total and I'm number five because I'm I'm out I'm out I'm reaching out to to listen and see see what's up you know because one thing that I've I'm picking up is like the way we feel which goes back to Tony Robbins and emotion is going to affect our work. Yep. Now, if we're not feeling well, sometimes I don't feel well. Sometimes I feel either crappy because I didn't sleep or or I'm overwhelmed with maybe just time. I'm just like, oh, I, I feel time constrained for myself or something happened with my family that I had to like just put the schedule aside and just go out, go with them and do whatever I need to do. Um, but that's where I put myself because that then I feel and I hope that it you know brings more production. You know, brings more production to that. So, going back to the questions, we haven't even gotten to number one yet. <laughs> we were, we actually went on the qu- we went off on a question that yeah. I was not gonna bring up because I felt like we couldn't delve yet. But we yeah. obviously have been in the middle of that we, as the employee, as the contractor. Because I've been, in, I'm in contract, you know, with my music, and especially because BMI and all this, you know, songwriting stuff that I'm that I'm a part of as well. Right. Um. Getting, I actually like this, you know, getting the feedback from the employee, getting feedback from the contractor. That's, that's my, when he said this question out loud, that was my thing. I'm like, well, what about working the way up, Tim? You know, like that, that'd be my question. You know, what, how, how would, how would you as a manager accommodate low to up? I'm not talking about me as a middle manager. For me, I'm telling, I'd tell him I'm fine. Let's assume I'm fine. I'm I love my work. I'm moving. I'm doing things. I'm making things happen. Now you work, now you helping lower management. And retention, job retention. You know how 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 bad or how good is your ton- turnover? You know yeah. stuff like that. So, let's go back to question number one that Tim Ferriss talks about. He says, "What if I did the opposite forty-eight hours?" Now, the context behind this is, he worked in sales for some tech company, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, he was doing a lot of cold calls, so basically just. Phone numbers and calling, phone numbers and calling, right? And cold emails and all that stuff. And he, at some point, he said he, he saw that, well, all the other salespeople 
all the other salespeople call from nine to five. All the other people with desk jobs in his company call and do their work nine to five. All the people that he needed to talk to were busy nine to five. So he said, so he made like a schedule for 48 hours where he would make cold calls only from, I think, 7.30 to 9 in the morning. And whatever he got, he got. And then from 6.30 to 8.30 at night. And and anything in between that he, he had to make a cold call, he would cold email. And he says it actually, in that case, it worked for him. Like doing the opposite. And that, that that's what I wanted to make sure to mention. is like not literally the opposite of like your daily life. Right. But of whatever you're trying to accomplish... If like your angle's not yeah, if your angle's not working, and if you if you're trying to follow like a mold, what would happen if you're doing the if you do the opposite? And I don't know if you can answer that because now that I'm reading out and giving the context, can you do you, can you think of anything of doing the opposite for 48 hours? I don't know about for 48 hours, but for sure, what I've noticed is sometimes you know I have to go into work on the weekend or I have to stay late. I am much more productive outside of like normal business hours like mm. you know i my job is really eight to five but when it requires more more work um i'm there later or sometimes i have to go in on the weekends and i find myself being so much more productive during that time yeah that time outside of normal business hours right and see i mean that that answers the question because that's kind of the same thing what do all you, the what do 90 percent of your fellow employees, colleagues, and employers work. More than likely, nine to five. Yeah. Monday through Friday, and that's it. Now, you come in, you're, you have, because also you work in a unique department, so that's, that has a, a factor of its own, mm-hmm. but still, doing the opposite, which is adi- which is staying late, coming in early, going in weekends, you're being that much, besides, I mean, productive, but also, you, again, answering the question, you're doing the opposite of what yeah. everybody else is doing to get work done. Yeah, sometimes I wish I could just go in later and do like sometimes maybe do like a I don't like know like a twelve to eight. Yeah, something. Would you be down for like a twelve? Well, it would be twelve to nine because you have to you have the hour lunch, so yeah. it'd be twelve to nine. But have a little something dinner like that. hour. But um, happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> I won't come back. So yeah, like I I don't know. It's probably not 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 very accepted. But yeah. I'd be I'd be so down if I had the opportunity. Right. That's so interesting. Cause Maybe I not every day because I'd, I'd hate to come, you know, get out of work at 8 every every night because yeah. I, I like to take advantage of the, of the sunlight. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes during the week, so. Well, I mean, let's let's just feed off of it. Let's, just, let's say you change, you're able to alter your schedule. You do have more of the morning. I do, but, but like, I I like that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm being cheesy, but I kind of like the, the whole sunset, you know, having okay. that part of the day to, to, you know, free for me to do whatever. Right. You get to be out. Yeah. Out. So if I could do like half the week, 12 to 8, and then the other half. Or you could do a 10 to 7. The sun's, goes, too, the yeah. sun's been going down at 8 lately, so. Yeah. One time, I think I was, where was I? That I had to do a 10 to 7. And it sucked. Well, it worked. Because it just takes. You were a teller. Well, you did a bunch I'm of 10 to 7, no? No. Like at the beginning or like towards somewhere before you left? I don't remember if it was oh, Teller, I, I but the sworn, 10 to 7s suck. I could have sworn you, you said like like on Sundays you would work 10 to Like basically open the clothes or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sundays it, it was like a 10 to 7, but then I felt like I had like no time. 
Okay. Like, cool. I, like I went in, not very early, but not very late, and then I got out, and the sun was like setting, so I felt like, my, literally, my entire day it felt like I was at work. Mm. So no, not a fan of ten to sevens. Twelve to eight. Twelve to eight sounds a little better because you, like you said, you have the morning available. Yeah, you have the, morning. the complete morning. A ten to seven. I don't know if it's just me being like very <laughs> analytical about I, it. I will tell you, I hate. I cannot stand ten to sevens. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. My, that's my answer. That's yeah. that's what, so. Before we got to this, I you know I wanted to see. I wanted to get your full context yeah. because for me, I would work. I used to work ten to seven. You know, a, a bunch, mm-hmm. especially being you know head cashier, key holder, all this stuff. You know, back when I was working retail, um, I would you know those were the shifts that you you, you need you need someone reliable on duty, and that yeah. that was me, and that's fine. Like I was good with it. But the time, especially because the midday for me is so long. For me, yeah. one to four is so long for me every day, no matter what. I get through it. Like, you know, especially when I'm, when I have, like today I had stuff to do, but I had to train Luis. I had to finish these questions for the podcast and then work and then come straight here and we did the pod. We're recording now. But for whatever reason, bro, like, for yeah. me, it's just that you don't have enough for the morning and you don't have enough for the evening. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, so that makes awkward. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah, a lot of people would complain about the ten to seven, and I, I didn't like them any more than anybody else. But I mean, you have to look at it had wh- to be done. Yeah, you look at the goal, you look at what you want to do, and you know, and and usually even when I worked retail, it wasn't like every day or you know anything crazy. But when you see that on your schedule, I dreaded it. You know, to be honest, like I dreaded it too. Like, oh my god, ten to seven. Like, it, but it goes exactly to that because we all agreed even then when I was working retail was you know you don't have enough in the morning, you don't have enough at night. And, you know, it's like, yep. I'd rather work, you know, 10, you know, essentially I, w- I would rather work 10 on like 10 hours a day, work four days in a row and have three days off. My sister does that. She's got, she works three days out of the week, 12 hour shifts. Mm. And it, thinking about it, it feels so like liberating <laughs> for some reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're stuck at work 12 hours a day, but you, you only three days out yeah. of the week. Like. As long as you don't waste it. And it's cool because I'm. I know your sister doesn't waste it. There's a client, another client who's a nurse, also works her t- her three twelves, which is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and and what you know her that's her deal. So like, I do think and like I said for them they don't waste it, so that's good, you know. Yep. And actually this past week and I got to learn I, that specific client. I got to learn a little more about her just because um, they went in with a sibling and whatnot, and I was like, oh wow, you know, like. But again, for me today, it just. It just solidifies like her not wasting time. You know, she's out and she's doing this and she's doing that. You know, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool to see. Uh, very cool. Freaking dogs. Oh, I'm gonna say freaking dogs because I heard Tim Ferriss say on his podcast because his dog was barking. So I was like, oh, I, I can say it once. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, because well, just a side note, like it, it annoys me. Like I cannot because when I'm re-listening, yeah. like it just it does annoy me. It's just like, oh, be quiet. <laughs> you know, like stop it. Anyways. For me, it seems like my opposite is happy is having, but also finding, you know, oh the multiple like multiple jobs, the ability to have multiple jobs, okay. where they're both just as flexible, you know, like, and even now I would say like, nine rounds not it's not like a hundred percent flexible, but it's flexible enough, mm-hmm. and and I'll say this on the podcast is like, right now that I'm available, and if I get called for a shift, I don't turn it down. I rarely turn on a ship unless I'm like busy with a show right. or something that family that okay it's an event that I cannot miss okay that's different but 
Cause that honestly, it gives me leverage. So say, Hey man, can I have, I need, I need Friday. I can't, I can't be here. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'll cover for you. Cool. Yeah. You, yeah. I'll cover you cover for me all these other days. And for me, it's for at least for now, it's even liberating to get that. I am appreciative for them to give me my days when I have shows or if I'm out that, well, no, that wasn't working last year, but, um, earlier, you know, when we go, when I go to Houston or go to, we go to court, whatever, whatever the deal is, you know, I get the time, but, um, it's, and a, a second piece of it is that, you know, it's, it's more money in my check. You know, it's more it, in that sense. Cause I need, I mean, and I said this last week where I, you know, I need that monetary income. You, know, you, you need, and you've said this and I, I love that answer is you need money to let, make things happen. You still need capital. You still need stuff. So yep. ultimately right now, school's out. I'm not substituting right now. So I'm picking up every single shift I can. And, um, and then it, everything's just following. Everything's just flowing. It works out, you know? Um, so it seems like that's kind of the opposite thing. Cause for sure I knew I wasn't going to get a nine to five, any industry. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's not my style. That's just not my style. Right. And now that Tim Ferriss and all these guys talk about like, you know, scratching your own itch and doing things that, you know, that you, and it goes back to be, just being the most productive. It's like, well, I'm more, I'm most productive, like extremely late at night and then like early in the morning. And then my mid, my midday, my midday is like, eh, like, you know, like I'll get stuff done. Especially now I get stuff done if I have to. Yeah. And like right now, like the way I get stuff done now midday is take Luis to work out. And we're out there for two hours in the sun and getting beat. And today he got dehydrated. Like I'm like, dude, cause, cause he was here at the home with the weekend, but he wasn't drinking any water and it caught up to him today. It took but 48 hours for it to catch up to him. And I said, you cannot stop. And it, it did get me upset. I did get upset. I did yell a little bit. But I, I eventually caught myself to where I stopped. I stopped that and I, I said, dude, like, you, you cannot. You cannot. You cannot afford it. I'm like, what's going to happen when you go to, when we go to, when you go to Dallas in July? I'm like, you think those kids are out? No. Like, you, I, I don't only need you to listen to me, but I will tell you why you need to listen to me because I, for one, I want you to succeed, but I'm telling you, those kids up there are not messing around, dude. They're yeah. not messing around. I'm like, you're going to meet some college coaches. You have the potential to meet some college coaches. I'm like, you you need to give a good person uh, imp- uh, impression. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because I'm, I'm working out with you. I'm not, they're not going to look at me, bro. They're not going to look at me. And that's what fires me up, to try to fire him up. Like, dude, we're here for you. Yeah. Like I do care about you, I do want you to succeed. I, you, you have the chance that a lot of kids here in the valley are not gonna have. You know, so anyways, that's how I fill up my midday, right? So then I then like today I we trained for a couple hours. Uh, he went to eat, and then I went to go eat after. But uh, then I went straight to nine round. I didn't have to open. I, mean, I got there early because I had to finish the questions. But I you know I went straight something else. You know I didn't have space. I didn't, have time, I didn't have time to think like, oh my God, it's midday, like I'm, I'm tired or whatever. It's like, no, I, had, I needed to get this done because I know if I wasn't going to get it done then, this podcast wouldn't be flowing the way it's flowing right, right now. Right, right. You know, it just, it's just inevitable. You know, we've already gone, I mean, I, for, I don't know how long I'll cut from here, but, which is not much, but we're at 58 minutes. Here. We've already gone over an hour in, you know, three questions, you know, and some, right. co- some context to give. Like, yeah. So anyways, yeah, I would say that's it because as far as, Everybody else, maybe also like the opposite is like working to, to have money. Cause then what I'm using my money for is the podcast. I'm investing. You know, I'm, I'm also, I now have, 
technically two separate savings of my like my name accounts. You know, before one I had with my parents because I I was just giving them money. But now that I'm building my stuff, you know, my investments plus my savings account, which is more of my emergency fund, um, that's also another thing that I would say as far as like people our age that I know of, I don't know too many people investing or using their money as capital to help their future. Not like I, I know I feel like maybe sometimes I get too caught up in my future. But lately I've tried to I like especially writing down the goals and then having having Luis helps me man micromanage a lot or helps me micro speed a lot because okay. he only has right now right he has right, right now to get ready for july so working with him every day gives me my micro working with clients every day gives me my micro while when i come home i'm still learning i'm still writing down questions i'm still picking trying to find new things maybe i haven't heard tim tony robbins say it or tim ferris say it or something you know jocko say say something um i would have thinking like i said think about it now that may be another uh opposite thing you know, it's not 48 hours, but it's just something I'm doing opposite that. I've now, I mean, I would say over a few, the past few months, especially since I started my investing in May, you know, since mm -hmm. then, that's just added some, one more thing that I know a lot of people aren't doing right now. Right. Dang, I went 22 minutes on the, <laughs> on the phone. With the long, I mean, it's not long, but it's from, it's for the vlog, but I, right. I don't, side note for, as far as like the vlog of like, I take these like clips of, and I, the reason why I don't like them long is because. I feel like I won't have people's attention for that long. So I usually cut it down to like a minute. Mm -hmm. Like anything podcast or vlog or uh, informative, it's, it's a minute or less. And then anything in between is like no longer than 12 seconds. Because remember we read that article a while back saying 12 second attention span? Yep. So that, for you people listening, like if you go catch my vlog, it's very, it's very methodical <laughs> in, in thinking about like, okay, I'm trying to get the next generation at least back up to 12 seconds, not less than eight, you know, eight seconds for them. Gen Z, you know, they're eight second attention span. That's so crazy, man. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's crazy. The fact if, if it is true, let's assume it is that Gen Zers have an eight second attention span, yep. but it's so crazy. The things that have contributed to that, which basically technology and social media. Yeah. It's yeah. so insane, man. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, like, now that, like, we read that information, assuming it's true, like, now Snapchat has that infinity sign. <laughs> like, do you even realize Like, yeah. who's going to watch it for infinity? Exactly. It's probably going to be less. Dude, and you know, <laughs> I, I've never revealed this, but I set my my pictures on Snapchat when I posted my story, I set them to four seconds hmm. on purpose <laughs> because, well, I, I say it on purpose because I don't. I don't like look at people's pictures for more than probably three seconds. Just why? Yeah, just kind of see see it, find some context, yeah, and then move on. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. So I I kind of don't want to bother people with a five second picture. So I set it specifically to four. That's so funny because I do the opposite. <laughs> like videos, I'll do the full round of video, right? Uh -huh. For pictures, depending on what it is, if it's important enough to me, I'll put it for infinity. Or at least ten. I won't. I will leave it there. Now, I can't do anything about for the people like that's that, you know you. That's that you three four seconds. That's it. But if I can get out of a hundred people, if I can get five that watch the whole thing, or listen to the whole thing, that's still my five percent that I want. Yeah. You know, that's I look for five percent. And this is a theory, and I'll I can say this on the on the podcast is the email theory, which I learned from my either Castle no my my comms 
my business com- communications professor. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that was around 2013, probably 2013 or early 2014, one of those semesters. And we were going over stats of communication. And this is, but business comms, you know, we weren't even talking about social media three years ago, bro. We weren't. Not yeah. the way, not the depth that it is now. Yeah. And so his thing for emails is that, especially when you're trying to communicate for, to extend your business or expand your business, is you should only expect 5%, which is five out of 100. But now I've been using that theory with my mom, with her marketing campaign. And she's like, well, why, why haven't I done this? I'm like, well, how many people have you reached? Well, 50. Okay, then you get like two, maybe, if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, you get, you know, less than, yeah, it's about two. It's about two, right? It's about, you know, it's less than that. Mm-hmm. And because uh, five is 10%. So, yeah, let's say one or two, one and a half people for every 50. Five for every 100. And, like, as we talk about, like, this stuff, you know, I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm just looking to reach, you know, have content out so people, for, pe- for people to see and yeah. uh, get something out of it. So, it's... That's that's just my point of view, cause it, and I keep it now because it's like I said, it's, it's holding true, bro. Like, okay, you know, it's something to consider, and it's something that I tell people now, especially um, people expanding their business. That's I mean, for you guys listening, um, it's something to consider, cause so far it's held true, you know. Um, now I need to start writing data for my mom to exact to get exact numbers, but honestly, like for now, you know, I'm with Luis. I'm I rarely see my mom as far as like. When it has to do with business, because mm-hmm. she's either doing something or she has my aunt or whatever, and she only comes to me when she has like a major, you know, something major. Like, hey, I need, I need help with this. Okay, cool, right. we'll, we'll figure it out, and get it done. Uh, not a big deal. But as far as like data like that, I would just tell you that, yeah, there's, and you, you know, watching myself, I, I only have like forty people. I think like forty people on my 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 Snapchat. Mm-hmm. So one person if one person out of that you know watches the entire video or the entire picture or whatever right. like that's all that's all that's all i can that's all that's all i should ever expect mm-hmm. you know with 40 people that's all i should expect something's up with my snapchat i didn't think i i had more than like 30 people <laughs> and sometimes i i i just like look like i at you know the whatever friends, part of the story my, oh, okay how many people have watched and it's like 50 people like what the heck like <laughs> I didn't even know 50 people followed me. <laughs> Existed. <laughs> yeah, like. The Snapchat the world. Heck? That's like, so funny. I need to go back and, like, clean out my <laughs> friends. <laughs> well, that's one thing. I, I, I'll I, be honest. Like, I don't follow everybody back. Like, it just depends. Like, if if we've for sure. Yeah, if we, if we for sure communicated and I, like, we're cool. Because, mm-hmm. frankly, it's, I mean, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just, like, yeah. if I don't communicate with you, then we're cool. Now, I do have my options open to where anybody can message me and anybody can see mine. So like I have like that, you know, and, and my main thing is like for those who I who follow me, and um, I then have to respond. I will respond, but until I get to a point where, uh, where maybe it's more like a, like a clientele type basis, then I'll add you back. But right now I have no reason to make you follow me, because I'm still putting out content, you know, and and right now like no one's also like attracted me to follow them back, you know, like. The people I follow are people, like I said, people that I know. Yeah. You know, they're just personal friends or whatever, or even colleagues, right? Whatever. But uh, like I said, people that I I have communi- I do communicate with, you know, more often than not. Yeah. Where the people that I don't follow, it's like cool because I don't, I just don't communicate with you enough. Man, someone, someone out there, has my my Snapchat username. Like posted publicly as theirs, because for a while, and even recently, like maybe two weeks ago. 
I got someone adding me, and in their like name at the end of it, they had like a Colombian flag, and and they were they said hey, and I was like, I you know I, I asked like <laughs> like who are you like how did you get my username, and and they were like oh it's me like you know so and so, I was like I, I I don't know you I I think you've got the wrong person, and they, all they replied was f you. It's like, like they got upset. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Maybe they thought I was somebody else. Right. Maybe kind of ignoring them or, you right. know. Right. Like, just, yeah, like brushing them off. And no, that wasn't the case, but they got upset about it. Hmm. But, um. That's interesting. There's there's a, there's, a, there's actually a remedy for the guys who, for the people who say F you. Yeah. Like, you would then ask him why. Like, why? Like, uh, why? Like, yeah. You know, it's a Josh Waitzkin thing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't used it, but he talks about it and how he's used it, like, to succeed. I think that's a good, that's a good, like, um. Oh, what's the word? It's it's just it's like a good, just a good comeback or a good um, rebuttal to almost any anything like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's exactly right because Josh Waitzkin then says, for the most part, the majority of people, once they say something negative about you and you respond back, is with either something positive or like a light joke, like "Ooh, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed," you 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 just lighten it up. Half of them don't respond because they're so pissed off because they they genuinely don't like your idea. They genu- genuinely don't like you. Mm-hmm. The other half, um, what was it? So, the fr- yeah, the first half was like, you know, they won't respond. The second half, I think I think it was just one half. So, the half that doesn't respond, they don't respond. Then the other ones that you do respond to, they're like, oh, I thought I thought I, w- I thought I wouldn't get a response. Yeah. And then from there, where you're like, why? Like, you know, then, then you build up the conversation. You know, then you go into that and, you know, which it still entails the same thing of what you're saying. Yeah, not thinking back a little broader, I feel like why starts up a lot of conversations. Not just a good, you know, comeback or 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 a good like uh I guess like bully repellent, but yeah. It 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 just sparks conversation. Yeah. Oh, man, and I I messed up because I didn't write the name of who I, who who is here. So there's another video with Tim Ferriss on Big Think. It's on YouTube. Um, if you type in Tim Ferriss, big think, asking dumb questions. And there's a guy, and it's it's in Tools of Titans. It's in his podcast. But I, I, I messed up because I, I was going to go, and I looking at it now, I, I was going to go back and write the name. So I'm like, I know I'm going to need this. I need to write the name. Mm-hmm. I forgot, obviously. But the first thing he says, no matter what, even if he understands this person, I forgot. It's, he's an inve- I think he's an investor. And because it's not Chris Saka or any, it's not Chris Saka. It's like somebody else relevant to Chris Saka. Anyways. One of the things he'll say is, I don't understand. Please explain. Like, it's not like, uh, you're wrong or I don't, I don't believe you. It's like, hold right. on, I, I don't understand. Please explain. So maybe like the F, he's like, whoa, I don't, I don't understand. I'm telling you what like, I think. Why? Can you please explain? You know, yeah. if you want to continue. I'm not saying to you. I'm just saying like, th- that'd probably be a game that I played just to play that game. Yeah. To see what's going on, you know. And maybe you build a relationship. You go to Colombia and like, hey, best friend. Well, to <laughs> me, it's just... I'm, I, I, at least in that moment, yeah, I was yeah. such an introvert that I, I <laughs> didn't care, you know. No, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is new. You know, this is new. Something that's like, well, you could, you know, play around, yeah. you know, play around yeah. and see what happens. That's so funny. Oh, man. I should probably look up that person and tell them. Somebody had added me, like, last year at some point. Okay. And, and we established, like, you know, they didn't tell me to F off. I just asked, like, <laughs> how did you get my username? And they're like, oh, on on your Instagram, I think I was like, I don't have Instagram at the time. Oh, I wasn't, time I wasn't using it. Yeah. Life, yeah, life yeah. So, so then I asked, I was like, well, could you please tell that person to take it down? Cause 
it's obviously not me. Yeah. I guess they never did. <laughs> Whatever. That's so funny. That's so fucking hilarious. All right. Here's here's an interesting one. This one was really good because I know like a few months ago, the answer was candy. <laughs> but the second question is, what do I spend a silly... Uh, what, hold on. Let me start again. What do I spend a silly amount of money on? You know, and then uh, as far as the scratch my own itch, I'll go into that after we, after I think we should, we can answer it first and then go into the context. Um, so there's, and one, well, one, one piece of context is Tim Ferriss, he starts with his credit card statements. Because I know like Wells Fargo, at least they give you like a pie chart of like where you allocate like your, whatever money you've input it, you know, where you're spending it. Um, which is interesting because I'm now going to look at mine because I think I know where mine stands now, especially starting investing and mm-hmm. like AdWords and stuff with Google. Um, but if you can think immediately, because like I said, immediately me was, it used to be candy and now my immediate thinking is investing and then ad, you know, ads. Yeah. Um, so if you could think of what do you, what do you think you spend a silly amount of money on? I already know because <laughs> I, I don't know if Wells Fargo does it. I think it might. I think I've seen it somewhere. But I have my own spreadsheet where I input all of my transactions, okay. and I have it already categorized, and it'll give me a pie chart. <clears throat> and it's food and alcohol. <laughs> and I'm not very proud to say it, yeah. but my reasoning isn't, you know, when I do it, it's not because I just want to, you know, eat and get fat and, <laughs> get and drink too. and get plastered. <laughs> it's because that's that's around you know, the time, the activities that I get to socialize and spend time with, you know, the people that I care about Mm -hmm. when we go out for dinner or, you know, go out for like a snack or go out for a drink, you know, like that's, it's, it's kind of like the collateral damage of, of trying to, to have an experience and socialize. Yeah. 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 socialize, And like you, you knowing that you're such an introvert and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's stuck in your head, you know, that, when you do go out, like you said, you go out and you want to have, you want to have a good time. You want to just yeah. go and you don't want to be worried about some type of a constraint, you know, yeah, of any type, any type, not even, not even just money. And to me, I'm just now thinking about this, maybe because I'm such an introvert at times, that meal or that beverage kind of uh, justifies the interaction. Like, you know, like it's a reason to, to socialize, to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like, hey, like, you know, we're just standing somewhere in the hallway or <laughs> Standing in a room, just like, hey, like, no, 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 we're we're talking, we're <laughs> that, interacting because we're that eating. Sounds like picture that people like that. That sounds funny, you know? It, yeah, it's like, it's like you're standing around, like, hey, what's exactly. Up? So, hey, what's up? Yeah, it goes. It, I think it goes a lot better around, you know, plate of food or a pitcher of beer or yeah, yeah, a couple definitely. glasses of whiskey. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, yeah, some scotch and just yeah. kind of chill. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I already said mine. Mine. Is I think at least for now, and it's not a silly amount. It's just what I spend my money on is the podcast. You know, a lot of cap. It's just for now, yeah. my checks are cap. I'm treating them as capital, to to get things going and get things rolling. Uh, one thing I'm still scared of is how much that website's gonna cost. Like the overall, because I have I bought the domain. The domain's mine, right. which I I re I like that goal alone, because I didn't know that there's a difference between buying the domain. I thought the website was just the website. Yeah, no, and and when I when you showed me that pricing schedule, I thought that that was it. Mm-hmm. But it, it yeah. sort of makes sense that you know you buy the domain, but then you also kind of buy the the digital space, right? It, digital space, and it's like um, 
like buying like a trademark or like copyright like trademark type like like Kellogg's you know like where you have that and like you type Kellogg's.com it's gonna be a bunch of cereal and like products mm. by Kellogg you know yeah so that kind of make you know you're buying that now the products are different you know you have to pay for the cereal you have to pay for the candy bar or the candy bars uh nutrition bars whatever mm. then the supplies you know the box and the plastic and all that shit yeah so now as we, as like also as we talk about it, it's like it kind of makes sense like okay I gotta See see about how much it's gonna cost per year yeah. to run AndyWalkerLeads.com. Uh, Subconsciously dropping that periodically. <laughs> subliminally. Oh yeah yeah sub subliminally to feed and plant a seed. My my phone says to go to sleep. It's too early. I, I did go to sleep super early yesterday though. <laughs> I was up by like four, but I went to sleep super early because. I was just dying from Sunday, from Saturday, dude. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, dude. Like it wasn't even only Saturday to Sunday. You know, it was a great time hanging out with you and getting to see Leo. Like it was all great. Like I didn't. Even, dude, that's yeah. the thing. Like I didn't even care because even when I got to the gym, like so you haven't slept. I'm like, eh, like an hour and a half. Like I slept technically, right? Yeah. And but I was like, but see, like there's some things that just go beyond. And I said this all in the podcast where it just goes beyond sleep. I can yeah. give a damn yep. most of the time. And Saturday was a great exception. Dude, I was I was dying. Well, I guess to put this out there, we were, me and a couple other friends were at a wedding, and then Andy joined in at the after party after later the on. Gig. Yeah, so, so I was dying at the wedding as it is. Like I was just exhausted, <laughs> but because we don't get to see Leo and yeah, we don't get to see. Leo. I I was you know I was pushing through, and then um, at the after party, I think he was the one that called it. No, Leo. Yeah, Leo was. He was yeah, he because he said he's like, dude, I was just waiting for you to get there. Cause I was, yeah. I'm ready to go to sleep. He said that, yeah, before you showed up, he's like, "Hey, like, where's where's Andy? I just kind of want to say hi and you know spend some time and then head out." Yeah. I was like, "Dude, I'm with you." <laughs> I was exhausted. And then by the time I got there, we're and I was still there for like 45 minutes, looking at the clock. I didn't like, realize like a while. I didn't realize how, a little while. how long until like later when I was trying to you know think back to you know just what trying to remember on? what was yeah trying to remember like everything we did you know the day and the mm-hmm. night like how basically just um, recapping. Right, right, right. Um, I was like, hey, you know what? We didn't leave right after mm-hmm. Andy got No, nah, we were still there about 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. At least 30 minutes, if not 40, 45 minutes after. And then we finally hit out. Because, I mean, I was I was ready just to hang out with Leo. I, was, I of course, we know the bride and, or I know the groom. We know the groom. So you guys know the bride, but I didn't. But I still, I was able to congratulate them. And, he, you know, the groom, I'm not going to say his name because he's out having a vacation of his own <laughs> in Cabo, which is awesome. But uh, um, actually, we need to get him on here. ASAP. Well, there's a point. I'm not gonna go into that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, congratulated them. You know, give gave them as many blessings as they can get because you know I, I and that's one of the genuine things that I do feel is like you know just ha- just feeling genuinely happy and hoping that they have a prosperous you know marriage. You know, like and it goes back to my statements of why do you want to be unhappy? Why do you want to do things that are negative? You know. Some of like some of the negativity stuff it's it's ingrained in your brain, you know, especially if, depending on your upbringing, depending on you know who you're socializing with, depending on how your relatives are, you know, family members, aunts, uncles, it all it's all relative to that. But in the case of like them starting this new journey together and living together and choosing to you know make their vows to each other, you know, to me it's a very big deal, and it's not it's not something that I take lightly at least, especially yeah. you know when when I trade when I trace back to military and those guys that are overseas and. All that heavy stuff that I talk about from time to time that it comes up and I think about it. That's why I hang a flag in my room. You know, I, you know, I have it here and I have a Texas flag. You know, for all those guys that are out there. But anyways, they were doing. They they got married. So then, my main thing after after congratulating them was just hanging out with Leo. 
and we still went to the hotel room and like it was still like another 30 <laughs> it was still like goofed another off for a little bit dude yeah it was just go- goofed off and if you guys have me on Snapchat and Instagram, you got to catch it. If not, then you're missing out. You need you, you guys think I'm playing when I say add us on social media. Like, add us on social media, get to see what's up. And you guys get to catch all the fun that we have at 3.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. Dude, it was 4 o'clock. It was 4. That was still an hour and a half after. Like, we, that was still, like, an hour after, like, we freaking left. I'm, told, I'm telling you, man. I, I recapped the next day, and I was like, dang. Like, that was a little longer than I thought it was. Yeah. Time it's, flies when you're having fun. Dude, it's, it's great, dude. And maybe, maybe that's why... For us, time is going by so fast. And maybe for those who aren't having as much fun, it's not until the retrospect that they realize how much time has gone by. Yeah. I'm having a blast. I talked about that all last week when we were on this <laughs> when we were recording last I've week's said podcast. It before, even even with you know the even when with the lows and downs, the rest of it is fine. It's fine. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You kind of need that balance. I mean, stuff we've talked about before. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's the downs, the downs make the highs higher, and I'm one way or another. I'm thankful for it. Whether I, whether present me is thankful or future me will be thankful. Yeah, yeah. I'm thankful. Absolutely. Oh man. All right. Here's another good question that I think everybody could help them start developing their long-term dreams, long-range dreams, as Jim Rohn calls them. What would I have, do, or be if I had $10 million? And before I get to, to TMI, Tim Ferriss says it could be $10 million, it could be a million, it could be whatever your, whatever, however much money you need to get what you want. And he, one thing he talks about is target monthly income, which is acronymed TMI, which then you do TMD, which is time, uh, sorry, target, or sorry, TDI, target daily income. And it's actually something I started just recently, like today, like today, after I finished these questions, I started, I actually did my own TMI, which, which after this podcast, I'll then continue doing my own personal development. But basically says like, let's say you know, let's say you wanted 10 million. Well, then you basically, you will then work forward to see how you can achieve those 10 million, right? And he says, if you break it down to a monthly, then a daily, and you see how much money exactly you need to like, uh, make yeah, make yeah, make in half. Um, he says it's much more feasible to get there. Yeah, and I ha- I did I didn't know much about it till now that I'm doing my own just off of this. I don't know if I had if I had seen because who said this? Gary Vee? Tim Tim Ferris. Tim Ferris. I don't know if I had seen the, them, you know, posted or if I if I if I was introduced to it by them, but for sure there was one like real estate video that I watched on YouTube not too long ago where the guy says, you know, this is, I make like, let's say $240 a day without moving a finger. And he breaks it down because he's got like a rental property or two that, that, that net him 240 mm-hmm. a day. Um, but yeah, the, when, when I watched, I didn't finish watching it all, but when I, when I got to that part, it, it, I did come to the realization that it's a lot more, it seems a lot more doable. It, it kind of puts it puts you in a better place thinking how much money do you need a day. Right. And then take the steps to, to, to get there. But that's definitely that, – that kind of goes in hand with uh, I think something that I heard Ty Lopez say, say. And 
he he doesn't necessarily say like how much money do you need a day but he'll say like you want to make a million dollars like how are you going to get there by making five hundred thousand dollars how are you going to get there by making two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. and it kind of breaks it down to basically first, he brings it down make to- your first hundred dollars and that's how you'll make your next 500 mm-hmm. and then you'll make a thousand so yeah it's, it's all about kind of scaling it down to a more feasible scale because then it makes sense to not be overwhelmed by oh my god i'm so far away from a million it's like well hold on yeah how much do you need today to get there you know and i'm still working on that myself because like i said I'm, I'm allocating a lot of capital that's the word i'm gonna use now is i'm allocating a lot of capital so you know it's it's all for now it's all about allocating it right because now that i have the investing and i have that compounding you know that that it's it's growing sl- slowly but surely yeah. you know it's just it was all it's always just the initial movement and then being consistent hopefully that investing is my most consistent thing my co- most consistent venture of being incons- uh, consistently consistently inconsistent yeah so what 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 do you we don't know our target monthly because this, this is new information so yeah. let's say you had 10 million 10 million dollars what would you have you can and you, even if you put only or if you give one answer what would you have? What would you do? What would you be? Instead of or be, what would you be? Because $10 million right now is a lot of money. Yeah, I picture, I kind of put this in into the same, like, bowl of questions. as like, you know, what would you do if you won the lottery? Okay. And I, I've been asked that before. I've been asked that before, and, and my, my answer is always, um, buy, I'd, I'd buy a house. And I'm not even, not even like an extravagant house, just... You know, a house of... You're going to go Warren Buffett? Yeah, like a house of... <laughs> yeah, a house of my own, like, you know... Maybe, like, this is me splurging, like, a $200,000 home. <laughs> That's fair. Like, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, starting, starting a business and then, like, investing another portion of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never really gone so much into detail to, to give specific, like, numbers. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but right. But that's where yeah. it would go. Buy one house, start a business... Or or maybe more property, yeah. like you know, in real estate investments, and then like invest the rest, like put it into the market, type like a retirement account or something, mm-hmm. something that'll where it'll be safe, you know, have that portion to that I can rely on later. Right, right, right. In life, so. Yeah, man, my my only issue for myself with having a concept of ten million dollars. Is that I do know where it would be allocated, and it sounds great, but at least for now, and I'll just say for now, is that it, it's too far away from me. Like, I, I'd have to break it down more. You know, like, 10 million is too much for me. Yeah. Because I know exactly, like I said, I know, okay, let me break, I'll break it down. I would first, my parents would retire. That They'd be done. They'd be set for life. And, they, and I already done, like I said, I've already done their math. For the retirement, so it's not, it's not a lot, you know. I'll still have almost nine million dollars in my bank account, you know, like like right. knowing how much our household uses right now, right? So they'd be set for life. My mom would get her dream home, and for that home, it wouldn't price doesn't matter. Now, of course, it can't, it's not gonna be nine million dollars, <laughs> nine million dollars, right? Nine million dollar home. But I know she has ideas for a dream home, mm-hmm. so that would be the home, right? Yeah. For me, I'd probably go the same route. Uh, for myself as my my own home. Now, what I might do is buy two hundred two one hundred thousand dollar homes, one here and one somewhere else, California or something. Yeah, that might be something I do. Like, uh, I think I said it on the podcast where it's, you know, Sutter. You know, like 
and it's probably cheaper there too. You know, like <laughs> I mean, the, just given the region, it's rural. You know, for the most part. Yeah. Tons of land, oh, dude. I want to go back. <laughs> dude, I saw I saw a picture. Just a quick side note. I saw yeah. a picture today of like uh, a, gra- a student, recent graduate. You know, her her parents are like migrant workers out there in California. Cool. So she went and took a picture in like her cap and gown and everything on the field. But it just looks so beautiful. Like you, the I I don't I forgot what what the field was of, mm-hmm. but it's just green. Yeah. And then right behind her, you see the mountains and stuff. I was like, That's so awesome. Yeah. So awesome. So like, okay. So first thing is my parents' retirement, my mom's dream home, my homes, because like I said, I probably do like the hundred thousand dollars per home, one here, one out. Um, now I still don't know. I, I, this is this is a struggle with me as far as owning a business. What I would do is continue the podcast and everything here in my ba- you know, my home base, and still work. I would still work at nine round. I would then give you money to start a business. I would give Eddie to to maneuver his business. Now, of course, with uh, agreement, you know, as far as like terms, or anything like that, right, right? right? But still, I would give Eddie a million. I'd give you some, depending on, depending on what what you're looking for. Because um, Eddie, I know how much we we need, you know, for for what he, what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But basically, reinvesting into bu- reinvesting into business while I'm still doing what I'm doing, you know, like that would be the ideal thing, you know, for me. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I've I've thought of. You know, for a way, and and this is kind of something that Marcus Limonis like sparked in in my brain. Buying like um, ownership in like small businesses, like basically, yeah. Or I'd right like to like I I. I'd like to do that, but there comes a point to where you're you're spread too thin, so I'd like to find a happy medium between. The business and the people, you know, running it, the business running itself and me just kind of having skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe like a, not necessarily a silent partner, but I just kind of want to put some money down and ov- very vaguely oversee, but have the business, you know, do it on its own or have, you know, right. the, the, the people run it on basically, its own. Yeah, basically let it me run. Me not yeah. having to worry about it, yeah. basically. Yeah. But um, I would like to be involved. So I, right, I'd, I'd have point. to find... Yeah, but if I'm too well, involved or if I'm too many finding businesses. Finding the perfect medium for your yeah. case where you don't want to be caught up in a full-time management position. Yes. More of like a board member monthly meeting yeah. kind of thing, maybe. Where was this from? Was it was it Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Was some, something along the lines of if you if you end up like working there, then you don't own the business. You're yes, like an employee. Rich, rich Dad, Poor like Dad. That. Yeah, it's, it's that guy Robert Kai, Kiyosaki, mm-hmm. I think his name. Uh, yeah, he says that. Cause even that video that I mentioned maybe two weeks ago or so, he he talks about the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd reinvest into you, like you and Eddie for sure. I'd still work a nine round, you know. And I mean, I I, I said I like it enough, you know. Like going back to the go giver, you know, the the connector. That that's that's what I do. That that's just what I do. Um, then of course all my my closest younger cousins, their college would be, would be paid for. You know that, that that's easy. And, you know, I would then tell the parents that they're going to move away from, they're going to, my condition is that they, they move away from home, they learn how to live on their own. That, that'd be my condition. And if, if they need help, then yeah, we go visit, calm them down, and then keep them growing. That, that'd be the main thing. The key thing is growing. Yeah. For me, you know, right now the, 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 the continued lame excuse is that school's expensive, so I'm staying home. 
And that to me, that's just a lame excuse. That's just lame. And I don't even call it an excuse. It's just a lame statement for me. Um, there's so much reward. And I think I've mentioned this slightly, especially towards the beginning of the, of the of this podcast series or, you know, this embarkment um, of learning how to live. You know, at least that that's what I got the most out of. I got that and all my business classes is what I got the most out of. You know, and some specific professors, you know, that, that really just ingrained a lot of information in me that I kept, that I or keep and use to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. But yeah, that, that probably my only condition for my cousins was that they're going to move away from home. They need something, some type, some type of consoling, you know, call, you know, call, we'll go, or I'll, I'll go myself. Yeah. Cause, um, that, 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 that'd be, like I said, that'd be my only condition. Um, and I still, I'd still have what, like five billion, five million dollars to spare, <laughs> you know, like with all that stuff that I want to, Invest in like yeah like, yeah. and I guess another p- another chunk would be to education. That's what I want to do here. That's what I'm trying to do with this podcast and bringing valuable information so that people believe in the cause. I bring enough value to where like yeah, this guy's serious. This guy knows at least he's he's on his way to knowing what he's talking about. Um, you know, developing some type of a uh, clout as the, the word we the word we've been using quite often lately. More than uh, if it's a hell yeah, then if it's not a hell yeah, I don't do it at all. Next one's clout. Um, There's no clout. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not, if it's not going to give you clout, don't do it. <laughs> so there's that. And, you know, like I said, helping. helping, And that, that's, I guess thinking about it now, that's a branch that I don't know how I would do it because some families need it and some families just need help allocating it. Money. You know, and, and, and maybe, oh man, this is interesting. Maybe like for families who claim they need it and going in to help them see, you know, to see if, okay, do you, what, what, and this would, this would get really personal. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm that's about. That's exactly though. what I was thinking, but it, I don't know if you're going the, the same exact direction, but as far as if they think they need it, like sitting down and, and, you know, really laying everything out and say, do you really need it or do you kind of right. need a allocate mm-hmm. differently yeah and so let's so let's let's say you know finding one of those and then also because one thing that i do tru- truly believe in is the use of usage of language which is what t- tony robbins talks about so i then hear them talking and I'm like okay you know we we also need to we also need to work on that you know and that's oh man climbing an extra step farther is family development not just personal development because I don't know anybody who's doing like a family development. Everybody goes to a psychiatrist and they give you pills. That's crap. That's my opinion. Man, that's something to ponder on. See, like, oh man, I'm so glad I wrote these questions down. Because like, this is what I'm talking about as far as, okay, in a year, in two years, in three years. You know, Jim Rohn says, what are your dreams in three years? Like, looking back on this episode in three years, like, who freaking knows? I mean, we've, we've talked about that. We've talked about the future, blah, blah, blah. How we're excited. We know that. Everybody, everybody listening knows that, you know. From here to, I think we've had from like Australia and you know we have some other listeners from other places that hopefully when they catch this you know they they keep climbing on to yeah. listening week week after week. Anyways, but yeah, ten million dollars is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, it's a lot of money now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Imagine when we get there, it's like yeah. right, yeah, because it's like we, we yeah we've accomplished it. And that'll be so interesting, you know. That that to me that's like the sad part. Another, I I think I said a sad part last week too. But 
the sad part talking about this ten million dollar question is that like when we get there, when we achieve our goals, and then the people who are still not, maybe they want to, but either again they're just not, they haven't found the right uh, incentives to do it. Like one thing my mom brought up uh, this week, um, she said something along the lines of, uh, I don't know if it had to do with sales or customer interaction. Either way, she's like, why can't I do it like this? And I said, because you're human, mom. You need incentive. She's like, but I shouldn't. I, but Because she, she was, right here. and I was raised kind of the same way. But I now understand that you, as a human being, if you can understand that simple statement of being a human being, that you, no matter what, you need some type of incentive, whether it's instant gratification, which you get, you get that mental, like your actual physiology, you know, your your mental state, you know, the chemical balances in your brain, mm-hmm. whether it's that, or then an an actual incentive. Okay, I'm gonna make a hundred bucks today, and that's your incentive to get whatever X is done. And so she said, "Well, why can't I? Why can't I?" Uh, why can't I just do it? I'm like, because it doesn't work. Mom. Like, yeah, and that's why I told him like, it doesn't work like that. I'm like, I'm like, you need to find something strong enough to get that done. Because I'm like, as much as you want to do it, it's not being executed. And I'm telling you why. And she walked in when I was, re- when I was re-watching that RPM video by Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you walked in at a perfect time. Because right now I'm in my zone of like that mindset of incentives right. and of encompassing emotion with physicality. And then for me is, like I said, as a middle manager – that's what I call myself, middle manager. Um, working up and down the chain of whoever you're involved with, you know, whether it's in in job, in a household, you know, with colleagues, me like me and Brian, and Eddie, uh, anything like that. You know, you you have to have enough incentive to do it. And now, you know, I know I'm working on it as far as making sure I have a good incentive. You know, Jim and Jim. This is one thing I didn't talk about. Or I didn't think about before. Was Jim Rohn says your consequences need to be real consequences, and yeah. like now I'm consciously think I'm consciously thinking about it whenever I'm making a decision, and I'm like, do I have a strong enough consequence? No. Okay, what can I do to make it to where I try to where I, I execute it, and I still haven't developed enough consequences. But honestly, also it's because I'm so, I'm just everywhere right now. Like, the main consequence is time. You know, if if like this morning I got up early, and then I got some stuff done, but. I had a goal to finish these questions in the morning. Mm-hmm. And also because I was supposed to have the afternoon off from work. So like, eh, I'll just finish with Luis. We'll have some lunch, get some grub. I'll come home. I'll be able to finish. I'll be, able, I'll have, I'll be really fine tuned for, for the podcast. And then I get called saying, Hey, can you, can you, can you cover for the, for three hours? And I said, and I'll, and I thought about it. And I was like, yes, but I had to leave on time today. Cause at the podcast, I, I still need some priming to get ready for today. Yeah. Right. I, I still need some prime, and I know that, especially for something like this where we go, you know, we're gonna go a couple hours, and you know, talk about some. What I hoped at the beginning was valuable information. Now I'm hoping it is as valuable as I'm hearing it as as we're conversing and coming up with either new ideas as we say them out loud or stuff that we have haven't talked talked about yet. Right. You know, um, but anyways, uh, inc- inc- going back to just the root of incentive of time. You know, that, that's the base, and that's my consequence right now. Is, is that if I don't do stuff when I say I need to do it, then when last minute things comes up, last minute things come up, then you know I have to I have to then rearrange to make sure I then get the questions done. I then I still train Luis, I still feed him, 
you know, get to work, get out of work on time, you know, assuming that no one calls in or anything like that, you know, which we actually had a call in. <laughs> so I had to figure that out in a matter of a couple of minutes. And I, luckily it worked out. I don't know. We're here recording, obviously, but um, stuff like that, you know, where it's like, again, constant, uh, consequence of time. It, it's a it's a big deal for me, at least. It's It, it, it takes a big role right now. And I was going to say, like, I feel like that should be everybody's yeah. ultimate consequence because none of us can get that back. Yeah. Yeah. And that... And and for me, cause see, like, it's interesting, cause it's the same thing for me, and I'm still building on the concept of making sure you're maximizing your time, but like, where the simple statements like that, like what you just said, the you can't get time back, and it's so cliche, and I tell people this all the time, where like, I say a lot of cliches, but it's because I believe in them, and like in this for the concept of time, like people are like, yeah, I I know I'm running out of time, well then use it, right, and they lose it, and then that's it. And they're like, ah, oh, should have done this, should have done that, right? So then, yeah. so then, it's like, why isn't? And that, cause it's a, it's a very basic question. Like my mom says, why can't I do this? And my question is like, why can't people, like you say, why can't citizens, human beings, have enough incentive with a consequence of time? And I don't know the answer, but it's for some people, it's not enough. For whatever reason, whatever reason, whatever's in whatever's in their chemical balances in their brain, however they've been raised or anything like that, you know, where the consequence of time is not enough, which is interesting, but that's what happens. Uh, quick example about a consequence. There's a client, and I feel bad because she doesn't go to nine round anymore. She got I know at one point she got super busy with work, and then she just didn't go back, and she hasn't been back, but. Hold on, let me write this down. When she started working out, because she was, she was being pretty consistent, you know, four or five times a week, you know, for about a month, you know, before she got busy and, you know, some some sales stuff happened with her work and she just got busy. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, she's like, ah, oh, man, like, I hate, like, she, just, she didn't hate working out, but she just, she dreaded working out. And she says sometimes, or at the time, she said that she would even leave her house to go work out and sometimes she would turn back. Like, it was... Damn. Yeah, it was enough to where the dread of working out, the dread of the hurt was enough to make her be almost there and drive right back. back home. Damn. Wherever that, wherever she did, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know what city or anything. Yeah. And I said, okay. And by this time, I was developing the consequences, but not enough. But I did ask, I said, well, I did ask, well, why, why'd you start working out? Because I've at least, I had it, by then I had at least started, like, developing the whys. So I was like, well, then, you know, why? And then she's like, well, you know, she wants to be healthy and this and that. And then my con, cause throughout substituting, you know, I, I realized how important parents are, you know, and, and, uh, I then said, well, what about your kids? And she said, and she said, she said to me, she's like, well, funny you say that. She's like, my son says I need to get into shape. And I said, well, let that be your fight. Like, let that be your reasoning to come in four or five times a week, you know, six times a week if you can, you know, as many times as you can. That's my thing. Um, and she's like, yeah, but you, you could hear in her voice though. Like it just, it just wasn't enough. And, and I, I didn't pry anymore, but it's the same thing, bro. Like it's, it, it's interesting to me cause I've heard it and I, I don't know. I, I, I will eventually figure it out. Like everything else that like we've talked, we talk about, it just takes time to more research, more finding real consequences for her to realize, you know, I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't take till she gets, you know, sick. I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but it's the truth. Yep. Getting sick, going to the doctor saying you need to go on this extreme diet because you're like at red you know you're close to beep you know straight line 
that you don't have any more time. Right. And if you don't start this now, you're going to die. Going back to Gary V, dying. Yeah. You know, and, and I, don't even, I didn't even mean to get that deep, but it's a, it's a, it's a good example of the, the consequence. It's of the having a, consequence. Yeah, exactly, of having a consequence. And I'm like, and then what? I'm like, how? And I think her, I think her son, her oldest son was like maybe seven, not younger. And she had two other little ones and then the son, right? That was like seven or younger. And I think one of them was basically a newborn, a few months old, maybe. And I said, and I, and for me, because at the time, I, I, still don't, I still didn't understand. I'm like, how can you not want to work? I'm like, think about your children. Like, just if you need some fire, you know. And like I said, you hear in her voice, though, it just wasn't enough. And obviously, I mean, she's not there anymore. You know, it didn't take but a couple of months, maybe a couple of months for her to fall off the train. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some of it has to do with work. But still, you know, and uh, one thing that I have started developing this week, because of what I've realized, especially because I, w- I will be honest, on Friday we played a party, and some of the gu- some of the colleagues that we know from high school, I got to see them, and some of them I hadn't seen them since you know seven years ago, since we graduated, and uh, we were there and like, hey man, you're looking good, and this and that, and I'm like, oh thank you, know, I-, I got some compliments, which is which is cool. It was it was for that moment I let it I let those compliments soak in because I needed just some positive feedback. You know, I've talked about that where you need positive and you need negative p- feedback. And I get that from all, from everybody, you know, Tony Robbins, all those guys, you need both, right? Jim Rohn talks about it too. And I said, Hey man, you know, thanks. And so, so that happened. And then at night after we were done, I, I, it stuck with me, but then I started thinking, right? I started pondering that those statements and I was like, okay, what did it take me? And it took me, a year, it's taken me a year and a half to get where I'm at now. Now, basically, my only concentration is my blood. I'm try- I, I'd like to see my blood, like, just optimal. My body's optimal, you know, like, everything, you know, as far as my physicality, it's, and I was talking, actually, to Danny the other day uh, about how, like, when I, in, right around the middle of my college career, that I was working out heavily, I was in shape, I was like, man, I feel like, I, I feel and I think I'm in better shape than I was in high school. And today... I think I'm in better shape than I was then and in high school put together. Like, you know, just optimal because most of it has to do with diet, but just, I don't know, just getting after it, right? Now, again, going back to the root is like, okay, what did it take me and how much time did it take me? It took me a lot of time. So the major topic and question that I have is like, how can can a system be devised for the nine-to-five worker? Because, and I, I think I know some of the answer, because the, maj- the majority is going to be the diet. If you're, if you're, if you're not in a, if you're in a immobile situation where you're behind a desk, majority of your day, five days a week, then you need to eat that much more healthier. Yep. And then your weekends need to be active. You're tired, but you need to get stuff done. Even if getting stuff done means taking your son out or your kids out or you and your husband going out for the day or the evening and going doing something, right? And I have to say that means you work out hard on the weekends, right? Saturday and Sunday. If that's if those are your only days off that you are not cooped up at work, then you do that. So I think those are the general answers. I think that we can get more specific than that. But still, I think it's a very important Thing that can be figured out because because people are looking for specifics so i that's for sure a tale that i'm looking into because even yesterday when we were talking they brought up uh the life coaching and dietitian stuff like because the information that i brought up and i'm like yeah and then i was like but it's taking me a year and a half of doing all these things 
And then, but that's also what made me click was like, okay, these people, they have regular jobs. What can be done to facilitate the nine to five worker? You know, and like I said, I, I know the general answer, but like, but then adding to that was, you know, giving specifics to that too. Cause like yesterday, not yesterday, Saturday, Friday, Friday. Um, one of the clients that I talked to yesterday, I saw her Friday and there's a certain round where it was more flexible. It was like a freestyle round or something. And she asked me what she, what, you know, what to do. And I was like, well, do everything right. But see, that's, that's such a general statement. That after I said it, I'm like, dude, I ended up giving her something specific. Right. I'm like, so then facilitating to the nine to five, giving specifics, maybe what's worked for me, you know, that they can do over time. And yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time, like, that's what it comes down to. Like, anybody in general, like, you, people will, well, not that they will specifically, like, succeed, but people sometimes need specifics because either they, they're, you know, lazy about something or they just don't know. But facilitating by making things specific, I think is, is excuse me, like the fastest route to succeeding and, you know, whatever it is. Like people who, who um, diet and stuff like that, I think they really stick to it when you tell them exactly what to eat and how to make it. Right. And that's why now there's all these, you know, meal plans where, where they'll send you the food yeah. already either made or they send you the exact ingredients mm-hmm. that you need. And, I mean, it's just, I like I said, I don't know if it's if it's out of laziness or lack of knowledge, but it's kind of what, what works. And that's what's given all of these, like, um, these, like, for example, the meal planning services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's given them that opportunity. Because yeah. I've seen from, like, big, you know, big businesses advertising on tv to you know smaller businesses or even local now you yeah. hear them on the radio i hear them on the radio yeah. Interesting. where they're just promoting on like social media and stuff like mm-hmm. that but we have kind of given them that opportunity yeah yeah absolutely yeah and see like there's some, cause that same client she's like well is there is there a way that i can just have it done for me so the convenience right yep. and like i honestly i, I didn't, at the time because was, i was like dead falling you know dead beat you know my brain was just dead so i didn't even think about uh promoting like or maybe helping out you know some type of business like sometimes meal planning because there's, there's at least two or three here in the, the mccallan area alone and the, my only thing is that half of those you're being underfed that's my only contradiction which is uh, going back to the opposite question that's my thing because like Depending on what the goals are, that's another thing is goals. What and, results do you and want? And I would hope that these businesses are doing that, some type of assessment to where you want to be and what you need to get there and not just using, like, one template for everybody. Because so far it seems like that's what it is. Because the, of the menus that I've seen, the standard, you know, six to eight ounces of meat, you know, mm-hmm. anything over that, you know, it's extra. And it's like, okay. But these people, so they think they're going to be okay because they're eating exactly what you tell them to eat. Yeah. You know, and the facilitating what we're talking about is like going to the extra step. Now, maybe okay, going to well, like that number six. You know, the employees, employers. You know, just bring up having our own businesses. Maybe that's something that I can do, or something that somebody that's listening. I mean, it's it's out there. It's 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 out for you for out for the taking, but taking it to a level where you can facilitate uh, individuals. Because another argument that I've come up with this weekend is. 
that I'm learning 95% so far of the stuff that I'm working on, especially through this team workout, is that everything given to to a team, it's still going to result – no, that's, that's, not, that's not the way I say it. Everybody's case is different, and the same goes for dieting and nutrition. The exercise is generally the same, and there's – the thing about exercise is more details of like the movement, the the movement, so you don't get hurt. That's my thing. But as far as the eating, and we're talking about facilitating to those needs, because um, like I said, mine, my personal opinion is that a lot of people are getting underfed, so their body's storing more fat mm -hmm. than it wants. Because if you would feed it, let's say a bowl of salad with ten ounces of chicken, and then some kale, broccoli, carrots, green beans, stuff like that and you're full at the end of the meal, your body is going to be satisfied and it's going to let go of the waste. You know, it's going to do that. Like, I, I, like I told people, like, because even yesterday, we still, we still had to, this weekend was the halfway mark of our challenge, team challenge. And I've actually had one client, she gained five pounds. And I think, I do think, because she's been sticking decent to the, to the, the diet, she's lost fat, but she's gained muscle. Mm -hmm. And that's what the diet consists of. That's what I, I'm okay with that because I know her, her. She went down like an in inches. Like she went yeah. down, right? And even she said like her husband says and like other people were saying like, hey, like you look. But she's like, but I gained five pounds. I'm like, see, the, the poundage doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And that's my goal. I'm like, because right now, it's taking me. Okay, last year I lost 25 pounds. Right for these past six months, dude, straight six months straight, 203. I have not moved. Mm -hmm. I only move, of course, after a meal. Right, right, right. But when I do it periodically, you know, every so often, I'm at 203, 203, 203, 203, 203, you know. And because I still, I sometimes veer off the slow carb, but the point of slow carb is to retain muscle and, you know, you're going to keep the same weight and in her case, lose weight. Now, in her case, she'd have to limit how much she's eating. I eat as much as I want. If I, like right now, like as of right now, I've burned approximately 3,600 calories. I'm going to eat 3,600 calories of food today, you know, in my, by the time I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I haven't eaten dinner yet, and it goes past my fasting time, but today I'm going to eat because I'm, I'm freaking hungry, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, stuff like that. So going back to the root of facilitating and then wondering what these meal planners are doing for people, you know, doing just enough yeah. to make a profit. Which I think for the most part for now because that type of industry is new. They do it because they care. They, they see that there's something, there's a market there, mm -hmm. which I get. But like I said, when I get to work with these clients individually through, an, through an outlet at Nine Round, um, and then I get feedback that's way more than, you know, hearing, hearing people complain <laughs> yeah. ultimately at the, end, at the end of the day or at the end of the cycle, whatever, it don't matter. Um, Oh man, as much as I want to continue, because we still have like eight more questions to go, we can continue next week. It'd be good. This would be a good stopping point. Yeah, we could. Uh, we can continue this, and may maybe we can get some answers from Eddie. See if he. So can. far, I mean, it's been good questions. So why be greedy and get through all of them? Well, and going back to stuff that I I brought up, and you, I think you agreed, and because I, I heard it from a podcast, I'm pretty sure it's two ten. Where uh, is it? Um, 
Not Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson. Who's another author? Another uh, was it Hemingway? Hemingway talking yeah. about not 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 like not uh using all your material, like, not just like going through everything because you feel like you have to complete something. Yep. And I think this is a great example of where we're gonna stop. It's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> when when you were talking about having more. It's like, well, it's not a bad thing that we do. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess my 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 scare every week is that not having enough content or questions but since i've tried to think of a way to in a sense pivot this podcast because sometimes we don't have enough content and frankly today i just stuck with having a bunch of questions but also questions that i knew that as 25 year old millennials we could answer and then obviously number six like the number six the employees us as employees we would still transition that i i didn't think it was gonna work and ended up working because it's not on the board you know you you're, you're not seeing it i just yeah. read it out loud and you were able to go along with us or go along with me so we'll stop here for everybody listening. I hope you guys got out of it one thing. If you guys got one thing out of this past close to two hours, um, maybe just under an hour and 55 minutes or so um, by the time the edit's done as far as spacing. Um, if you guys got at least one thing out of it, that's my goal. Like I said, 5%. So an hour and 55 times 5%, that's what, you sh- that's what I hope you get out of it. And... Uh, We'll close it there. Brian, if you want to give your social media. Yeah, you can go ahead and info. follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Brian Alejandro underscore. It's B-R-Y-A-N-A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O underscore. Also, if you're interested in any, you know, Excel doing, uh, look, look me up on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R dot com. Um, just search Brian Alejandro and, you know, look for my gigs. Look for his gigs. Contact him. Get him. Just send him, send him a direct message, too. Like you know, Actually, yeah, you could just do that um, and let me know what you need to do, and maybe we can work something out that's, yeah. not, that's not on there. On Fiverr, yeah. yeah. If, if, you're, if for you, if the convenience is Instagram, fa- uh, not Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, anything like that, then do that. Um, my thing is always just. Get in, con- you know, get in contact with you know, any outlet. Like, I, I always stress, you know, email us, email me, message me, talk to me. You know, I'm always curious to see what's going on. Um, uh, like I said, I, I have an open-door policy right now, 24 hours a day for everyone. Um, and I'll stress again that, you know, in five years, that might not, or that more than likely won't be the case. And I'm already calling it now. You know, let it be known these past few podcasts that I've been saying this, that it's like, you know, things are changing, things are happening, the, the development's continuing my mind is working, you know, constantly. So um, if you want to contact me or find me, uh, my social media, Instagram and Twitter is Andy Walker underscore lead. Then my Facebook is the facebook.com forward slash Andy Walker leads. Like that page. Um, then from there, you can probably find my personal page too. I'm pretty sure that when you search it up, it'll come together. Um, my Snapchat, if you want to see what I'm doing on a daily basis, is Andy Walker Lead without an S. Just Andy Walker Lead. You can get me on there. Like I said, sometimes things happen at sporadic times, and you get you'll get to join in on the fun, even if it's through video, <laughs> through some sort of virtual interaction. So you can do that. Get back to us. I always post the emails. I post all this stuff on the show notes, um, and really that's why I. Even on the show notes, if you notice, I put all of our handles and emails first, and then I put 
the topics or whatever the, the subject lines will be will be after. Um, frankly, I'm I move pretty fast as far as like content in my brain. So the faster you get in contact with me, you know, that's that's what's gonna happen. You know. Um, also, I in my opinion, I also honestly think not enough or not pe- people don't really read subject content. That's my opinion. I don't know. If if you, if I'm wrong, well, let me know. <laughs> Freaking tell me so I can move it. For sure, when I when I then post it on social, when I post the podcast on social media, I only put the subject you know matter you know on there and that's it. But uh, anyways, it was awesome. A lot of good points. I feel relieved and like ready for the next podcast because it's gonna be awesome. Uh, hopefully, we'll get back with Eddie this coming week. And for now, we'll sign off and we'll. See you guys out and about.